and see Rin in his bedroom. Rin, you're 17, but you're also like a super responsible 17. How much of a 17-year-old bedroom is this? I think usually it's a very clean, put-together, like, like, doesn't look like a 17-year-old bedroom bedroom, you know? Uh, But I think that you get that cool panel page of, like, this is what it's supposed to look like, and this is what it looks like now, and everything's, like, turned over, and drawers are pulled out, and, and just stuff is thrown everywhere. And we see you in this room, frantically searching for things, and, you know, getting prepared. What have you pulled out so far? I think I've pulled out probably, like, a bandana from when our parents made us, like, dress as cowboys for Halloween one year, and then uh, a backpack that I haven't used in a while. Uh, I think I've pulled out... There's, like, a cricket bat. I've pulled out all of the black clothing that I have, and I've, like, I've put it in terms of, okay, like, what would actually catch shadows and what wouldn't. Uh, And then I'm currently looking between a baseball bat and a golf club. And as you're looking back and forth and trying to decide what you want to pick up, there is a knock on your door. I think absentmindedly, absentmindedly, I say, come in. Oh, wait, no. But before you can go, oh, wait, no, the door has not swung dramatically open, but it is opened. And your older sister, Deepa, is standing in the doorway. Uh, can you just give a quick description of Deepa for me? I would say Deepa is a little bit taller than me. Uh, like, definitely taller for her age, and she's a year older. Uh, she is... I would describe her as effortlessly fashionable, right? Like, she's the kind of person who will just make, like, like torn-up sweatpants look cool. But in a very, like, dignified sort of way. Awesome. Readers who are familiar with your comics, um, some of the stuff we haven't published, um, will know that Deepa is like the person who covers for you uh, when, you know, your parents are asking where you are with the whole Takandra thing. So Deepa is completely aware of this like secret life that you have, correct? Yes. A hundred percent. I tell her absolutely everything. She is 100% my confidant. And she leans against the wall there, like the door frame. And she's like, wow, it is a mess in here. Deepa, what do you think swings faster? The the baseball bat or the golf club? Like, Or, or like, what's going to be like sturdier for like maybe say hitting like 8 to 12 people? She walks over and looks at the golf club and she's like... Okay, well, this is your driver. You're probably going to want a nine iron if you're going to do that. Okay, cool. Uh, I think dad has one of those downstairs. Uh, I'll just pick that up on the way out of the door anyway. Um, Okay, cool. Hey, so uh, cover for me. And um, if I die, just say very nice things about me at the funeral. She goes to squeeze your hand, as she often does when you're heading out for a mission. And then she notices that the mythic brace isn't there. 
And she's like, um, what? Okay, so don't freak out, but, uh... I met another Takanjur, and at the same time, I got my mythic brace stolen. So I'm going to go get it back myself before Nosu finds out. You, the 17-year-old without powers. Uh, you know, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound great. But the adrenaline is telling me I'm, I'm, I'm okay for this right now. You know, adrenaline is a hell of a drug, but, um, I would prefer my little brother not to be deceased, especially given that, you know, we wouldn't know where you went. Also, where are you going? Where is it? You know, these are all good questions. I, 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 I'm... It's it's kind of all vibes, no direction right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, the more I talk to you, I'm probably losing my nerve for this. So I'm just going to get going and uh, maybe save some dinner for me tonight or something. Whatever. Okay, I'm going. Bye. She closes the door before you can walk through it. And she's like, look, you're stronger than me. I can't stop you if you want to go. But also... I need you to listen to your elders. You're being an idiot. Deepa, uh, this is uh, this is this is a big deal, right? I'm the only one that can use this thing and I I know that I'm the only one that can use this thing right now, but but the longer that they have it, they could figure out something else. They could figure out how to put this on another person. Uh, what do I do then? I mean, you have a whole team, right? And now there's a new Tikanjur? Yeah, but, okay, well, we just met the new Tikanjur, and, I don't know, the team is having a lot right now. Like, they're doing they're doing a whole bunch, and we're kind of spread out, and, and maybe if I can just pull this off by myself, then we can keep this quiet. Then it's just me and you that know about this, right? Yeah, I mean, unless I go on Instagram and... Message your friend, Tiffany. Uh, I don't think she's going to be very happy with dealing with me in the first place. I just... Okay, so like... The new Decanter is Tiffany's sister. I'm getting the vibe that they don't, like, get along very well. Uh, but also, like... She just discovered her powers. Tiffany has stuff going on. L l like, it's just better if I go. Okay. If you want to do a suicide mission, let's at least go about it intelligently. Who has the mythic brace? Okay. Uh, so this is going to sound dumb. Uh, but the tuxedo commandos? Okay, great. Um, they're like villains for hire, right? Like they're like mercenaries. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure they're listed under the Goonian or something. I don't know. Great. So, uh, if you give me 24 hours, I can get a contract with them. At least find out where I send that contract so you can at least have some direction to where to start. Oh, oh my gosh. That's a good idea. What do we do? <laughs> we don't do anything. You can't get involved in this because if anyone traces you back to the Decanders, you put all of us at risk. Okay, but how are you going to do it, though, Deepa? She pulls out her phone and starts, like, 
sending some messages. And she's like, so I might have dated a member of the Goonian like a year ago. Uh, okay. But you're like not with them anymore, right? Most of the time I'm not. Dude, uh, okay. I feel like this is another conversation for like another time, but this is really benefiting me right now. Um, uh, who, who's, who's your contact and who do they hinge through? Well, um, it's not just one contact. It, it's two. Um, they're the paralegals. I mean, they're just general, like, solo proprietors for the Goonian. Uh, okay. Which, which one did you date? Yes. Dope. And then I think they high five. <laughs> <laughs> But it's very, like, that two-panel dope, high-five, and then they just go back to the conversation. <laughs> okay, so, so, do you think, do you think the paralegals could at least track down a place where I could find the Tuxedo Commandos? I'm sure that there's, like, a listing somewhere in the Gunian directory. Okay, but then, like, which one do you like more? Uh, Yes? Dope. And then another high five. <laughs> Pan, I think this scene ends when he takes like the very deep breath in and Rin takes a deep breath out. And then he just starts putting his room back together again. And Deepa lingers in the doorway for like one sec. And then her phone dings and we see her close the door. And from there we turn the page. Max, where are you right now? Uh, I think I'm just in C4 doing, like, like doing just cleaning up because somebody has to do it at some point. You're there. You have a cell phone at this point, even if you're not, like, the most adept at using it, correct? Yeah, I think they got me one of those, like, uh, Jay Jitterbug phones. You know, the ones that they give to, to old people because they got the big buttons and they're easy to use. <laughs> right, of course. So your phone... Uh, probably not in your pocket, probably like on a table near you, starts to ring. And it is not a number you have saved. Well, of course I answer it. Uh, he hello? This is a collect call from Moon Harbor State Penitentiary. Do you accept the charges? Uh, L Lucy, do I accept the charges? Oh, L L Lucy's not here. Uh, yeah, it's not my money. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll accept charges. And there's a beep. And then you hear a pretty familiar voice like it's significantly older but you do recognize this voice as the praetorian your old teammate now turned multi-millionaire capitalist and also villain those two words are synonymous but just the worst kind of rich person building homes that like the average person can't afford actively gentrifying Moon Harbor, and also, like, you know, committing not just financial crimes, like, other crimes as well. And he says, So, surprised to see baby you on the news. Paul? Is is that you, buddy? Yeah, hey, Maxie, what's up? I, I, I'm confused that I'm only just hearing from you. What, why did... Why did it say it was calling from a, a penitentiary? You know, arrested for embezzlement and fraud, but 
Don't worry, I'll be out in a couple of weeks. It's not gonna stick. What? What do you mean? Did Did you do it? Or, do you need me to come bail you out? I don't think I have any money, but like, I'll try. Kid, not even adult you could bail me out. That bail is set way too high. Why? Uh, I guess they don't want me out. Why? Why wouldn't they want you out? Aren't Aren't, aren't you a, a hero, a pr protector of the city? Like I know, I know, future me isn't that good, but like, I know that that you and and the others are are still doing good work, right? I mean, Chase is. Uh, Chase is the Nicholas name of Flitter, who is another one of the teammates. She was a speedster. Well, yeah, of course she is. She was she was always the best of us. But like, aren't Paul? Um. I've been in the city for a little while. Why haven't I heard about the idealists at all? <laughs> God, I haven't heard that name in a while. The idealists aren't a thing anymore. I mean, ideals aren't a thing anymore. Honestly, you've seen how much this world has gone downhill. And I think on the panel, we see Max just getting like visibly angrier. He's like breathing hard to like contain it a little bit. And I mean, everything that happened with Chase, that uh, that made it hard to keep things going. What happened with Chase? So, uh, if uh, the information that I'm hearing is correct, you had a whole library of souls situation? Yeah, we went in there. You all left. I didn't. Not all of us left. I don't know how time stuff works, but Chase didn't leave either. What do you mean she didn't leave? She wasn't in there with me. I was there alone. She left and went back in like 10 minutes later when she realized you weren't following us. Then she was gone for like 15 years. What? And I think on panel, uh, Max is just like, slumped to the ground with his back against the kitchen cabinet. Yeah, I don't know how that whole soul place works, but we went back a couple days later, and you two weren't there. Then we all grew up. But it's hard to grow up when you know that the world is a cold and unfeeling place. Then why didn't you fix it? That was the whole point. That's why we did what we did, was to fix it. It's hard to care when two of the five most important people are gone. Kind of gone. Because, like, you came back, but I guess you also didn't. There are two of you now, and maybe that means there are two chases. I don't really know how that all works. But she came back, she said that she couldn't be around us, and she left. She's off somewhere in Europe. And I mean, she's doing the hero thing, but... I mean, hell, she can't even look at you. Well, old you. Yeah, I, I got what you meant. And we all kind of lost touch with Ariga, but... Ace is somewhere in Moon Harbor, I don't know what they're doing at this point. So yeah, 
We lost people. We got people back. The world got worse. We grew up with a giant question mark in our hearts where we didn't know if Chase was dead or missing or if she just left us. And uncertainty can fuck a person up. But I mean, I saw you on TV doing the whole hero thing. I mean, if you can call it that. You, you know, Paul, a pra Praetorian, if you're still going by that, I don't think the world did get worse. I think you did. And I think... I think it's my job to clean up after you. So I hope you rot in that cell. And you stay there. Because if I ever see you, you'll regret it. And he hangs up. And we get a panel of you holding the phone. What does your expression look like right now? It is... It is a mixture of pain and anguish and grief and just so much anger. He is like gripping the phone white knuckled. And we get this pulled back panel of you alone in this empty room in C4, really small against this really wide space. And then we turn the page. Our next panel shows Lucy in C4. And there's a lot of people around. It's pretty noisy. And we clearly see you trying to, like, think and get your shit together. And, you know, be the leader that everyone needs you to be. But there's a bunch of teenagers running around being loud. Uh, so where would you go to, like, get some you space? Uh, she's gonna take the, the portal from C4 to go back to her old apartment with Veronica. Uh, because she knows she'll get some quiet there. And if she disappears for a little bit, people probably won't notice for a while. And we see you step into the panel. And we haven't seen, like, a teleportation in a bit. But, like, I think we've seen, like, a close-up on your face as you teleport. And you definitely look aged. Not like, oh, this 20-year-old looks like she's 50. But, like, compared to the first time you were in a teleport... There's been some wear and tear, and the portal arrives, and you are in your closet. I'm going to open the closet door and walk into what was Lucy's old bedroom. And your bedroom had been mostly emptied out because you haven't been living there for a while at this point. Maybe she was like using it as like a sewing room or something like that. Yeah, yep. It was probably like, there's probably some of your stuff in there, but like largely Veronica's stuff, um, because I imagine Veronica has a lot of clothes, um, both that she made and that she bought. I also think, like, Justin had some, like, weights in there so he could, like, work out, you know, at Veronica's place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and for anyone who does not know, um, Veronica was Lucy's old roommate, is kind of Lucy's best friend, and Justin is her himbo boyfriend. But as you step out into your room... There's none of Veronica's stuff openly on display, and, like, Justin's weights are not there. It's just a bunch of boxes, like, taped up and labeled, like, sewing stuff. Weird. Uh, she's gonna leave the bedroom and, like, go into the main living space to see if she can find Veronica. 
that is the same thing in the main living room area. Kitchen cabinets are open and there are no plates or bowls or anything in there. Basically everything except for the couch is all packed up. Is there any noise coming from anywhere? Like, is there any indication that Veronica's even home? Uh, yeah, when you listen close, you can hear Veronica. It sounds like she's in her room. I think yeah, Lucy's gonna go over to the cracked door, open it a little bit, and, like, knock on the door frame to see if she can get her attention. And uh, when you open the door, the first thing you notice is that Veronica's had a dramatic haircut. She shaved most of her hair and then also dyed it, and she's got now, like, a silver mohawk thing going on. Whoa. And she turns and she's like, oh, hey, Lucy, I, I didn't hear you come in. Hey, um, are, are you moving? Uh, yeah, I texted you that I'm moving in with Justin. Oh, oh, I, th- I thought he was going to come here. Oh, you're going, you're going to his place. Uh, I mean, we actually found a place for both of us. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Um, that that's great. I'm sorry, I really thought that was clear. Are you okay? Oh, no, you, you, I, I, I saw your text message and I just assumed, and you know what, what happens when you assume. Um, yeah, I, I was just coming to chat and I saw the boxes and I wanted, yeah. She kind of cocks her head at you and she's like, do you want a glass of wine? Yes. And she smiles and like walks to the fridge and opens it. And the only things inside of the fridge are a bottle of wine, a couple, like, hard seltzers, and, like, six bottles of, like, those, like, pre-made protein drinks. Uh, And she's, like, looking through a box, and she's like, I don't know where I put the wine glasses. Are you okay with just a mug? That's fine. Uh, And she pulls out a mug and hands you it, and it is a mug with a raccoon on it. Lucy immediately bursts into tears. (laughs) And Radica's like, I, I can give, do you, would you rather have, um, and she holds out the other one and it's got a lightning bolt on it. I, I think she tries to guess. She's like, I, it's just, and she just, she just takes the mug and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. And she like quickly like pours you a glass and then like moves to the living room and starts moving boxes off the couch and like moves you over to sit down. Yeah, Lucy, like, effectively curls, and she, like, sits on the couch, like, pulls her legs. Uh, she's, like, she's sitting on the couch, she's, like, almost, like, sitting sideways, so she, like, pulls her, like, legs up, um, and she, like, leans her back, and, like, her entire side on, like, the corner of the couch, like, trying to, like, sink into it, and she's just, like, holding the mug in both hands as if it was, like, a cup of tea, but it's just wine. Veronica takes the mug out of your hand and, like, puts it on a box and puts hers next to it. And then just kind of, like, curls up on top of you. And, like, she doesn't try to move you. She just, like, maneuvers herself. So she's, like, wrapped around you, basically. And this is, like, really affectionate, genuine hug. I think at this point, like, Lucy's probably stopped sobbing. But, like, tears are still rolling down her face. And everything that happened in the beach episode just comes pouring out of her mouth. And she just tells Veronica everything. I don't think Veronica, like, ever lets go of the hug. I think she just, like, keeps holding you while you're, you know, crying and sharing this. And as, as she finishes up the story, she's like, and, as she finishes up, she's like, and now Rian lost his, his gauntlet and the stage has collapsed and I don't know what's happening with Max. And I just, I feel like I failed these kids. And I know I'm, I can't stay with them forever and I've got to be prepared. I've got to, like, I've got to get ready to, I don't know, I just... 
I need to do something. I, I need to make sure these kids are going to be okay when I leave. And I'm just so scared that I'm going to just set them up to fail and they're never going to be okay. And I just need them to be okay. She leans back and like takes your chin in her hands. And she's like, Lucy, you can't prepare them for everything. Like, our parents couldn't prepare us when we went off to college. Your parents sure as shit didn't prepare you for your advisor being a supervillain who was trying to rip out your soul. Lucy chuckles, like, just a watery chuckle at that. (laughs) When Max and Amber left, they didn't prepare you for what was coming next. No one could. You give them the tools you can, you help them get in as good a situation as possible, but whether they succeed or fail or struggle is... That's on them, not on you. I know that. It's just every time something goes wrong, all eyes look to me. And I do my best to keep everyone safe and keep everyone happy. And I just, one day I'm not going to be there. And I need them to, I don't know, start learning to look to each other. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. She moves to sit next to you so she's not like, basically on your lap like she has been this whole time and she's like okay so justin said something really wise and hear me out before you judge yeah lucy she definitely gives her a look justin said something wise and she's like when you spot someone when they're lifting they're gonna start lifting heavier weights and you have to let them do that Even if you're scared it's going to drop, your job is to be there to catch it, not to lift it for them. So maybe that's what you do. Maybe you make sure that you're there to catch it and catch them and not try so hard to lift them up. You can't carry all that weight on your shoulders. Damn, when did Justin get so wise? He took a philosophy 102 course, and now he thinks he's like Nietzsche or something. Gives himself too much credit. She laughs a little. Yeah, but he's so pretty. I think Lucy just like actually starts laughing for real at that. And Veronica hands you the wine back. I know you. And I know that right now your brain is thinking and strategizing and trying to figure out how you can best set them up and how you can do all those wise things that Justin taught us. But I think you need to chill. And uh, the TV is packed up, but I do still have my laptop. So just like hang here for one sec. Okay. And she comes back and like plugs the laptop in and like puts it on the um, box in front of you all. And, like, wraps a blanket around your shoulders and her shoulders. So you're just, like, sitting snuggled up together. And she's like, before I distract you, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else you need to talk about? I know you're not going anywhere and you're, like, still going to be in the city. But, like, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss this place. And I I guess coming here and seeing all the boxes and stuff, it just kind of, like, slapped me in the face that things were changing. Um, and I know it's not all going to be bad change. It's good change. I just, it's, it's just, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. 
it's just big. Yeah, and I'm going to miss you too, a lot. That said, and I actually did mean to talk to you about this, but I forgot. I'm taking the beacon and putting it in my new house uh, so I can have the portal. Um, because I'm not not going to be able to drop by your house literally whenever I want. And hearing that, a little bit of the tension on Lucy's shoulders relaxes. And she sees that and she's like, oh, thank God. I really thought I was going to have to fight you on that one. Oh, no, no, no. I, this is, I, when I need to get away from, from the children, this is, I need, I need a place that I can go. <laughs> like now. Plus, Justin likes your weight room better than the gym. Fair enough. It's very cool. And like, someone's got to keep an eye on you while you're keeping an eye on these absolute train wrecks of human beings. You were always there for me when I was, you know, a mess. And you will be there for me when I'm a mess again. Because let's face it, it's, it's going to happen. But we got this. We're here for each other. Lucy smiles and like leans over and like rests her head on her shoulder. And she, like, wraps her arm around you and she's like, okay, are you uh, all ready to chill and just relax? Lucy nods and brings her mug of wine to her mouth to start drinking. She reaches down and she presses play and High School Musical 3 starts playing. We get a reflection in, like, the title screen of, like, your two faces just, like, kind of next to each other. And with that, our issue comes to an end. Thank you for listening to Moon Harbor Heroes. This issue was GM'd by Tess Huth, she, her, who can be found on Twitter at Tessatrix. Flyby was played by Jane Berry. Jane, she, her, can be found on Twitter at Jane-Tarzian. Lady Rosewing was played by Elliot Peterson. Elliot, she, her, or they, them, can be found on Twitter at Elliot Yulen. That's E-L-L-I-O-T-Y-L-E-N. Prince Butterfly was played by Crumpet. Crumpet, any pronouns, can be found on Twitter at The Crumpet. That's T-H-E-C-R-U-M-P-I-T. Shava was played by Alex Catherine. Alex, she, her, can be found on Twitter at Alexy Galaxy. That's A-L-I-X-G-A-L-I-X-Y. Takanja Red was played by JPG. JPG, he, him, can be found on Twitter at SpeakerJPG. That's the letters J-P-G. Tiger was played by John John Johnson. John John, they, them, or he, him, can be found on Twitter at Burn John John Burn. That's B-U-R-N-J-O-N-J-O-N-B-U-R-N. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Tess Huth, Icy Sheets, Elliot Peterson, and Crumpet, and edited by Tess Huth. The music in this issue was written by Tess Huth. Moon Harbor Heroes is traditionally played using Masks A New Generation, written by Brendan Conway, and produced by Magpie Games. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or on Patreon at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at moonharborcast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice or tell a friend. Five-star reviews and word of mouth are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. And thank you for helping us save the world.
We'll see you next issue.